You seem hungry. Good thing your table is ready with Fatterday Omaha. Fatterday Omaha. Eat this. Hello, wonderful Fatterday listeners. It is I, Dave Zorko here, and on the mic with me today is perpetual co-host TJ. TJ, how are you today, sir? Well, Dave... I require a nap after eating the menu again at the place we went. <laughs> Everybody gets a twofer today, both uh, similar in um, menu outline, but certainly very different on the content of the pages within those menus, once getting down to individual ingredients. But we are going to start with, uh, well, where we're going to start. We're going to start with a place that has a plain affixed, attached to the outside of their building, and they are located at 2929 California Street, and that is Flight Deck. But people may be wondering, where do I find a plane attached to, you know, the wall and, and, and the larger grand scheme of a map? And of course, you will need Flight Deck's zip code at 68131, possibly one of the few zip codes within Omaha where you can find a plane affixed to the outside of a building. I've driven by Flight Deck any number of times and been curious about, you know, the plane yes. strapped to the outside of the building. Indeed. I actually kind of thought aviation business, so I eventually looked into it and found it to be a uh, a bar and grill or a pub and grill. I think I think it is grill and tap. Tap, tap and tap. grill. There we are. They do not sell drill bits or the, the reverse of that, the, the tap, so that you may thread a hole. No, no. This is uh, many beers available, uh, both, uh, I believe, tap and within a rather expansive cooler that's that sits aback the bar available aft the beam yep wait a minute i maybe beans did we did we have beans no no beans uh but yeah kind of a neat spot uh certainly draws you in because of the plane on the outside but uh, the inside is a uh, a long format a portrait maybe not a landscape maybe more of a portrait uh style layout with uh tables and uh a Certainly flight-themed on the inside and uh, well-lit, clean, and uh, a good spot to stop for lunch or or a beverage. I would not call it cozy. I would say that it is ready for either barroom action at any moment or just a nice lunch when you, when you want to hop in. My original forays into Flight Deck were uh, of a takeout variety. Uh, so that was my, my first experience with this, and my second and third and fourth over the last few <laughs> months have have been a takeout burger. I can tell you that they travel well. And uh, originally, this was going to be a multi-location uh, episode Yes, where we went over a specific type of burger. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had a I had a jingle for this in mind. You did everything. You and did, yeah. Alas, that has kind of fallen flat because there are a number of restaurants that uh, either patty their burgers very tightly, which we will discuss. Yes, yes. Uh, or they use a pre-made patty, and the flavor of the pre-made patty is usually okay-ish. I, I've never had one that's bad. Sure. Um, but you can you can kind of tell. That they were prepackaged, um, and I, I kind of thought takeout that that was the case here. Uh huh. Um, 
eat in a little bit less so, and I believe you have discovered that they are not a pre-made patty. They are, in fact, uh, pattied in-house. But They I, are. Uh, I confirmed. believe we both suspect a mechanical burger squishing device, be it a press or those little roundy things with the hand plungeries on top that yeah, one would use it, at home it, to make a very uniform, yes, tightly packed patty. Well, TJ, I don't know if you know this or not, but when in aviation, your specifications have to be extremely exact. Otherwise, the plane might crash. So one might say that this burger is on brand. So they they do have a, a uniform patty. But uh, the, one of the things about this was originally was because of your, your uh, initial hypothesis, which through investigation was proven incorrect in this case. But it is the extra interest that Flight Deck is applying to what you first suppose might have been a a, a pre-made item, but then and and by pre-made I don't mean like it flew out of a, a bag somewhere, but that you know it was pre-patty. But they're not. Just to be clear, they took that thing that you suspected was ordinary and then upped its altitude, if you will. Yes, and again. I'm going to say a fairly tightly packed patty, and yeah, it's enough that I suspected the pre-made, so I may still apply this term if for no other reason than being able to do it. I'm talking about what you do with a just okay, fairly tightly packed patty, Yeah, which TJ calls puck handling. <gasps> I like it. I like it. If, <laughs> but I figured we'd leave a spot there just in case I get a moment later to put together the slap shot uh, scoring noise combo, you know, whack, yeah. so that we can have the, the proper puck handling jingle. I, I'm not terribly enamored of the, the flight deck patty. I don't dislike it. Right. But it's just kind of there. So after that, it's what you do with it that makes it interesting. And we were going to do a multi-location. We've done two, and we will speak on these. For me, most of flight deck is the burgers. Now, I'm going to take advantage of this moment because we both had the onion rings, but I believe your memory, having had them a while ago, your memory on that particular subject is uh, a touch fuzzy. Yes, as you are about to go into those. So we're, so we're going to get back to, to the burger, and I also have to get a, a few clarifications as we continue. Uh, one, of course, is that when TJ mentions Puck, None of our burgers were cooked to the density or color of a hockey puck. In fact, all of ours, I believe, were cooked very nicely. I looked at a very nice uh, Maillard sear on mine. So it is a, a humorous term we are using. And of course, as we continue, we're obviously not going to spend your ear time on places you should not go. So let's get that out there. Also, TJ, I need to hand you the official captain's headset so that you may continue with the onion ring analysis before we get to the star of the show, which is those burgers. Please take these and then tell me about those things. Yes, Dave, we're going to discuss the onion rings briefly. Okay. Because it, it's fair to say that if you've had them once a few weeks ago and do not remember them, that the onion rings you had were at least for your palate somewhat forgettable. Um, I have had them a few times, and I find they vary. Uh, for oh. a thicker breaded, I like them. I, I'm not a fan of, of thicker breaded onion rings. They are not a 
a cornmeal, you know, the, the kind of stabity, spiny ah, yes. uh, onion rings, which are not necessarily bad, but are my least favorite type. They are a smooth beer batter type onion ring with seemingly varying amounts of beer in said onion ring. Uh-huh. Uh, most of the ones that I've gotten takeout, uh, even when they've started to steam in the box a little bit, as takeout onion rings tend to do, they, they still come out okay, and there is enough beer content that the flavor is uh, fairly interesting. Nice. So I, I'm fond of these as a takeout onion ring, but other than that, not a ton to write home about. They're they're a decent side. They're one of the two that I would get. Additionally, you have not yet had the pleasure of having the sweet potato waffle fries because they <sighs> tend to be out they were when out you have gone. You have now gone twice and they have been out because they are delicious and everyone wants them. <laughs> uh, they were good. I think they were out when we went last they uh, were. as well when we went together. So I only had them takeout and every time I've gotten them takeout, they have been hot, fresh, and extra delicious. Uh, I wow. like waffle fries in theory, but most of them in practice fall flat for me. Uh-huh. They're usually not crisp enough or the the whole size is too small, so they wind up becoming almost a flat chip Ooh, rather yes. than a proper uh, textural waffle. treat that is a waffle fry. Yeah. Uh, these are somehow the right proportion of whole to potato type device. I mm. like whatever cutter or mold or what have you that they're using to make the potato into waffle fries. Possibly an aileron. Yeah, that thing. No. What? <laughs> for for those that don't know, uh, TJ has a lot of experience jumping out of planes successfully, but uh, you're not a, you're not a pilot, so it's okay. Please. No, zero, zero flying, <laughs> assembling, or maintenancing. Yes. So please uh, continue. Said planes. Regardless, tasty, tasty sweet potato fries, and I think they are a, as much as I'm going to uh, talk myself out of ever having them again, if everybody does a run on them, yes, they they are a must order if you're doing flight deck. A definite lift to your meal. Quite so. Excellent, excellent. Something, something Bernoulli <laughs> principle. <laughs> You know, I think we've often said that maybe you're the scientist of the show, but we didn't say necessarily that we were applying the correct scientific terms all the time. <laughs> but actually, that that works, and I, I, I really like the use. Don't they make pasta? Anyway, I, I'm going to send it this way for a side real quick, because let's let's talk about the, uh, the sides here. And TJ is laughing hysterically. His, his I am giggling quietly at the thought of Bernoulli pasta, where the sauce travels more quickly over one side of the noodle. <laughs> Listen, if anybody makes that pasta shape out there, uh, Saturday TM. Uh, the French fries, I want to touch on real quick. Uh, having had them... Again, uh, or for the first time, I had them today, TJ, because I went for a revisit because I wanted to make sure, you know, you've eaten at Flight Deck many times. I only had eaten there once. I want to make sure that I eat at a place more than once before we decide to dedicate good ear time for the listener to a place. And they're they're good. They're a battered fry. Um, mine were cooked probably on the uh, a little more towards the crispy side today. So with that... Um, I love ketchup. I love ketchup so much. But fry that's a little more on the crispy side that's battered really doesn't always need ketchup. It can just be on its own. And so they're tasty. You know, it's, it's a good fry. I've ordered the waffle fries so many times now. I kind of forgot that they're straight up fry as a batter and yeah. a good one at that. Yeah, it, it is. It is. It's it's a good execution uh, thereof. Well, okay. So we have spoken about uh, sides, ambiance, etc. Sh- should we talk about some burgers or should we talk about the pizza? Well, Dave, as 
as happened uh, with your memory and the onion rings, so goes my memory of the pizza. Only ah. vaguely, I want to say it is a slightly thicker contrivance, but uh, I don't remember all that much about it, so take it away. Yeah, it was definitely not a bagley pizza. I like the term, you know, when we're talking about the patty and this pizza, I would like to introduce straightforward. Sometimes you say it's a good example of what it is or something like that. I think this is a straightforward, it's a pizza. Is it a destination-worthy pizza where you're like, I must drive specifically to flight deck for the pizza? No. Is it a tasty pizza with a decent amount of cheese? You bet. But I will say there is one thing about it that is slightly more uh, remarkable, I think, or noteworthy, and that is the pepperoni. As I am talking, you may recall the crispness. And as you said on a very old episode of Fatter Day Omaha, the crispness of the pepperoni was good. And also, it is a hand-cut pepperoni, which I think is a little bit remarkable because that isn't always the case. And so I have to give them points for using a different pepperoni delivery slicing method. I do recall, and now I'm very uncomfortable with the fact that I'd forgotten about that oh fact my. because that was indeed remarkable. The considerable size of said pepperoni. Yeah, like you wanted to pull one off and just eat it by itself. Yep, a nice thin but not too thin slice and Correct. the uh, remarkable degree of pepperoni crisp, which I value highly in my pizza. So yeah, that's uh, yeah definitely a, a positive and the more I'm thinking about this, the more I remember thinking if I was coming in for a beer in a game. Oh, yeah. And I wanted some eats to go with it. You bet. This is the perfect uh, heavy-ish, you know, it definitely, definitely goes mm -hmm. well, especially for uh, someone who drinks darks like me. Yeah. It would, would go well with a beer. Oh, it's a robust be, little pizza. Yeah, but it wouldn't be like crazy heavy, like a True. more protein heavy type thing. I uh, I really, yeah, that's, yeah. It was a good pizza. It was. But um, I think the star of the show. The uh, first class passengers at uh, flight deck, uh, I think, is and are the burgers because none of them are plain at flight deck. Get out. Oh, you want me to bail? Okay. Let's let's. Uh, I I'm gonna send uh, burger over your way and hit the uh, the call button here and have you take that on because you've been here a lot, or at least had significantly more meals than I, so your your burger repertoire is, is rather good, or maybe it's not, because I think you said you like to focus on one of them, but uh, since you got a couple, give me one. All right, folks, the captain has turned on the burger sign. You are <laughs> free to grill about the cabin. Ooh, I'm already on board. Yeah, I've had... Most of this menu at one time or another, it's not a, a massive menu of burgers. I count a one, a two, a three, a four, a five, a six, a seven, and I'm skimming, so I may have just skipped over one, and there's secretly eight, but I'm not going to count again, so there, uh, because I haven't had the Captain yet, which is the plain burger in question. Uh, I have repeatedly had the Spirit of St. Louis, Cajun, mm. arugula, smoky blue cheese, and remoulade are the topping loadout on that one. Again here, I'm going to speak of the concept, puck handling. And Dave's right, it is not a dry or overcooked burger. It is a well-handled pressed meat device, uh, wherein this patty is pretty tight. Again, I suspect a pattying device of some sort is involved. 
to give it a very uniform size and shape, which is a good way to control your uh, your margins and kind of know what you're you're working with. It also fits on the bun, indeed. I'm just not personally as fond of it, so I think it's how you deal with that very standardized thing. Yes. So I'm not going to go on about the patty. It's a control patty of sorts. <laughs> you could put it on any number of different burgers and really understand how one handles a patty, how one cooks, adds toppings, all the other things. I do recall a uh, buttered toasted bun type uh, thing uh, on on all of these, if memory serves here. Uh, and the Spirit of St. Louis, again, is the one I keep coming back to. I love me uh, just about any sort of blue cheese type burger. Uh, Dave is generally not a fan, though. I think you're okay with this one because it's... Yeah, I try to bite. It, it's more tangy than blue cheesy. Yeah, I, I quite often with blue cheese, I I am one of those folks that leans on the it tastes like floor cleaner side of, uh, side of things. Yeah. Dave, because we're going to generic brand this, <laughs> blue cheese does not taste like floor cleaner. It tastes like window cleaner. And it's delicious. Oh. The blue stuff. Oh. You know the one. <laughs> when I was a kid, I could not stand the stuff. Um, Nobody there, there used to eat hot mustard hot, on a spoon. Well, anyway, still that's hot mustard on a spoon. I ate all kinds of mustard on a spoon. Indeed. But the burger. <laughs> the blue cheese on this, it, there are there are flavors around the uh, the window cleaner taste that I have come to love that are are you know tangy and salty and good and i i kind of like those to begin with which is why blue cheese became an acquired taste because i just kept eating slightly and slightly stronger variations on blue cheese until we worked our way up to uh to big kid type whereas now i can eat anything up and down the line and enjoy it this is decidedly some of the milder uh blue cheese again more more of a tangy salty thing it's just kind of a nice add-on to this burger and so help me, I've acquired another taste. And me from before the radio show even, from the podcast-only days oh, way back, Saturday Omaha, would come and just smack me around for this one. Oh? Because I like the arugula on here. It works. The, oh, oh, and you're... You, yeah, the you're... bitter in addition <laughs> to, the, to the salty and, and tangy and slightly sweet flavors of the dairy. It does work here. The Cajun, I... I've only ever kind of noticed I'm way more focused on the blue cheese here. Regardless, it is a, a lovely combination of the blue cheese, the arugula, the remoulade on this very standard patty yeah. and, and a decent bun. I think Burger Holder Plus because they use it yes. well. It's, it's um, like a brioche or something. It's, a, it's yeah. a good bun. On its own, I think I'd go Burger Holder. Definitely not your your 99-cent big bag of buns from the grocery store, your plainest of whites. It's, it's that toasting that ups the level, isn't it? It's decent, but they're, again, their handling of the, the contrivance here uh, is what makes it well. It is a well-prepared burger, and that goes on down the line. I have had the Earhart sautéed onion, sautéed mushroom, arugula, provolone, and remoulade. The provolone, I, I think, was a slightly more uh, proteiny uh, type of cheese, which we will discuss uh, protein-heavy versus uh, creamy versus fatty uh, just a little bit uh, as we get further into this episode. But I, I remember just a, a hint of toothsomeness to it, which... I like uh, that's that's actually important to me in a burger cheese. I do not want the craft single 
overly soft mouthfeel. I do not care for that. So they did well with the provolone cheese on here. And uh, even more so, the bomber, bacon, ham, braised pork, smoked gouda, and flight sauce with that smoked gouda. I really like the texture of that. It's hard to go wrong. I think I've had all of these except for the plain burger, the captain, at one time or another. And be it takeout or eat in, they do a pretty darn good job. Nice. Well, I uh, I got myself a couple burgers as well. And you mentioned the bomber. That's the one I'll talk about next. But I'm going to start with the Raptor. Uh, the seasoning on here, I, I think, is one thing that that's that uh, burger patty. They they make it flavorful uh, on the Raptor. Sort of simple in that it's egg gouda, so a nice melty, uh, good flavorful cheese. But the the ingredient of interest here is the adobo aioli. I, I just think that's cool. It's it's just not a standard thing. And of course, uh, much like your uh, aversion to arugula. My aversion to aiolis, mayos, and things has definitely shifted over the years, and uh, our our co-host of, of Long Past Sam always had a, a rule of ordering things as the chef intended them. I do not regret that decision on this burger at all, so get the adobo aioli on there. Uh, if taste memory serves well, though, I actually think the Gouda was the hallmark of the Raptor in addition to the seasoning on the patty. The Bomber, though, I do want to turn the flight path a little bit over there because this is a fun burger. They baconed up the ham, TJ. It's got a patty. It's got the pulled pork. It's got ham. And then it's got bacon on it. I mean, it's kind of a four-layer stratification. The altimeter definitely is spinning a lot as you are moving through this burger. You know when the plane, like, goes down and you always see the, the altimeter just, like, go, ah, and then it's going in a circle and then everybody's freaking out? Yeah, that, that happened on this burger because there's lots of stuff on it. Now I know how our, our mutual friend of days of yore, the elevator guy, feels about elevators going wrong in movies. Because <laughs> it doesn't actually happen. It's a good thing that this is a food show and not a show about airplanes because I do not have expertise there. And I am thinking of a, uh, a fatter day uh, acquaintance that uh, if he hears this episode, yeah, I may be getting some type of message like, please, you're just it just hurt. It, it just hurts so much. But I do think the bomber, though, is a fun concept because of those different toppings that are on there. Also, as I have invoked Sam's name, he is a, a person that really enjoys good crisp bacon. They did a good job crisping up the bacon on here, and it was bigger than the bun bacon. While the uh, patty itself, of course, being that uh, cylindrical uh, cut there, as we were talking about, in line, you know, perfect specification with the burger, uh, let's just say the tolerances were a little bit more loose on the bacon, which I liked because it was draped over the uh actually because of its crispness it was really dare i say it was almost like wings coming out from the bun and and i i am going to use that because it is a good visual depiction of the bacon coming out of the side of the buns adding to that you mentioned the bigger than the bun bacon which we have discussed on the program before i love bigger than the bun bacon i'm gonna go out and say i don't think i've pointed this out before but i think it is not only a good thing i think it is necessary Ooh, so you can find it well 
so that you can taste it before you oh. get into the burger. Because if it covers the burger exclusively, uh-huh. Uh-huh. you might as well have like smoked the patty or something. Oh, it is a I flavor see. inclusion, yeah. but you don't get a real hit of the bacon. Yeah. And then your mind is not prepared uh-huh. to pick out the bacon flavor and be aware of it to make the rest of the burger, the inner burger, the actual burger yeah. part of the burger more satisfying for having had the bacon on it. Gotcha. It is, it is a, a runway a, to the burger, if you will. Yes. Okay. Before we move on to location number two, are there any other items from Flight Deck that you would like to speak on, or should we head to our second location? Honestly, not really. I, I, think, okay. we've, I think we've covered it quite well. It's just overall, it's a decent burger from a pleasant place, especially, again, if I'm going somewhere to watch the game, this would be one of my top choices. There you go. There you go. So nice place. Uh, definitely check out the burger menu. If you can get those sweet potato fries, get them. Uh, and if you want to share a pizza, do so. So that's that's the quick uh, hook and hint summary there. And uh, of course, there's that whole plane that's on the outside of the building. It's, it's fun. Bring the kids. Okay. Let us then move to our secondary location on this episode. And that, TJ, is a newer entry into the Omaha scene in the grand scheme of things because uh, there is a family tie-in with the famous Dinkers burger location. But we're not talking about Dinkers here. We are talking about Patty McGowan. And they are located at 4503 Center Street, Omaha, Nebraska, and a good Center Street uh, Center Mall, former Skylanes location and close to Greek Island zip code of 68106. I, I think that's a good one. And TJ, you kindly, right before we started recording this, actually gave me yet another sample of some Patty McGowan's food because you have traversed this menu to and fro and and back and forth. And so I please I am going to send it over to you after we describe the the interior and exterior. This is the former McFly's, I believe was the name of the bar that was there prior. It is now Patty McGowan's. Nice sign on the outside, nice interior. They actually kind of have two sections. They have more of a dining room area and I believe there's actually a banquet or event space that is on the lower level and then they have uh, Uh, Right when you walk in on the east side of the building is a little bit more of a smaller, I I would say, traditional bar layout. There's a lot of seating in here, and you can kind of pick your your location. Uh, TV's all around if you decide to uh, keep your eyes on a screen or uh, if you want some nice space to talk. There were... uh, plenty of available tables. There were people in there, some big groups, some small groups. And we, when you and I went uh, this time, because we we had gone there a long time ago after they first opened, but uh, this time there was actually brunch service happening. So all sorts of cool options here and a decently sized menu. And speaking of, let's get into it. TJ, tell me about some food. You'll notice as you go down the Patty McGowan's menu that a lot of things are a little on the punny side. Perhaps even for Fatter Day Omaha tastes. I was thinking about that as we had uh, finished a prior segment on Flight Deck where we made the puns happen. I don't need to do that at all with this menu or yes, anything. At, at Patty McGowan's, for us, the patties are not pre-made, but the puns are. Ooh, <laughs> well said. Uh, you'll notice things like the uh, the macaroni bites are Blarney Stones. The burgers are not fresh pattied. They are fresh Paddied, P-A-D-D-Y, from uh, Omaha Steaks Beef. Oh, wait till I get to the chicken I had, TJ. I, <laughs> I can't wait, Dave. 
We're going to start with some starters, specifically the Reuben egg rolls. They are prominently featured. But we had the corned beef uh, on another contrivance, the Irish nachos, which we will uh, be able to touch on briefly. But I noticed the prominent feature of the Reuben egg rolls, and they are a thing that a lot of pubs seem to have these these days. They Mm. have their own take on them. Yeah. And uh, Patty McGowan's is pretty proud about having them fresh in-house and many things fresh in-house. I believe, uh, if memory serves, the waiter I was speaking to said that the only sauce, for instance, they do not make in-house is the Parmesan garlic. Oh. Pretty much everything else, your your Thousand Islands, your tartar sauce, which we will talk about later, uh, pizza sauce, pretty much everything in terms of sauces is made from scratch. A lot yeah. of the dishes are made from scratch. So these are... Not a a pre-made item. These are made in-house with their corned beef. The corned beef itself, I don't know about milder. I think the spice uh, loadout and content is very similar to the majority of corned beef. It's got a really nice flavor to it. I think the sodium content, your salt, is a little bit lower than most. So it's not as hard a hit on the front, but it's a really good overall flavor, and it's not overpoweringly salty. Ooh! Yes, Dave. I have in my notes, TJ, which is where I keep my notes regarding the corned beef. And I will talk about this more later because part of my entree-ish was the Irish nachos. But, and I quote, not too salty. Indeed. I would have liked more of it on anything. I was going to say I would have liked more (laughs) of it on the Irish nachos. but Like on a, 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 like, just your hand so you could eat it? Yeah, pretty much anything. Okay. I, I could eat a ton of this stuff. I already like corned beef, but this was a good flavor, good texture, not too salty. And the the thin slice matters. I've had a few places that do it thick, and it's fine. Uh-huh. But thin sliced corned beef is one of my favoritest things in the whole wide world. And they got the slice thickness right on now three visits. So they seem to be pretty darn consistent. Ooh, ooh. Yes, Dave. Regarding the slice thinness and specifications, the slice specifications, if you will, I do appreciate, though, that it is not paper lunch meat thin. Yeah, it tends to get hard when they slice it too thin well, like that. Well, the, the thing that I, I'm not a fan of when I get, say, a if I order a roast beef sandwich or a brisket sandwich or something like that, and it, and it comes out and I feel like I'm eating lunch meat. I'm just like, eh, no. This, I, I would say I really enjoyed the slice specifications here, the slice size, because it was enough that it had a good bite, um, but it was not like eating a, a slice of, like, Easter ham or something like that. Yeah, again. The perfect slice, yeah. I would say. Or or at least for corned beef, the perfect slice. To I'm quote sure an old movie, for other home of the nice slice. Quite so. Yes. So you got that corned beef. Swiss cheese, which we will further discuss both. We'll discuss it here in, in my uh, later Swiss burger. cheese? A little but bit. Not Irish cheddar? Afraid not. Oh. Which is a little bit of a creamier contrivance uh, on my first foray. I have now tried them twice. My first foray into the Reuben egg rolls. I didn't really notice the cheese as much inside the roll as I got them takeout. And they keep them whole when they uh, send them out the door. Ooh, hot. Uh, when you eat them in-house, if you look on their website, check their menu, you will see sliced egg rolls that come to you placed on a plate for some presentation, which... I normally don't like. It actually works pretty well here. Okay. Uh, And there I notice the cheese more. It's an egg roll. What do you put in an egg roll mostly? Well, cabbage. 
cabbage is the thing That's that goes true. in most egg rolls. Yeah. So there's sauerkraut in here. It's cabbage. And the sauerkraut is flavorful, mm-hmm. but it's not extremely vinegary. Oh. Uh, they made sure it's not wet. I've now had it twice, uh-huh. and you could easily overwhelm that egg roll with wet sauerkraut. They made sure that it is tender and moist without being in any way wet. It is... It is properly dry. Uh, ooh, that doesn't sound good. It was delicious. The, the moisture content of the sauerkraut is correct for the conveyance of the egg roll. So very fond of the uh, of the egg rolls here. Uh, briefly touching, we both had the onion rings, and both of us ah. are a thin batter, Dinkers, La Casa, Sortino's. Mama's. Yep, onion ring type of, uh, type of person. We uh-huh. like that real thin... Uh, tends to fall, fall off the off. onion ring kind of batter. Yeah. This is towards that, mm-hmm. but a little bit thicker with a little bit of texture to it without going towards that extreme of no like the cornmeal or whatever. Yeah. yeah, no no spiky onion rings. I can deal with them. I'll eat them, but don't much care for the spiky onion rings. This somehow managed that little bit of extra texture, mm-hmm. that little bit of extra flavor in the batter. And a slightly, slightly thicker batter so that it actually stayed on the ring. They were good. They are really good. One unexpected thing that I got to try because I, you got it like today. I wasn't expecting to get uh, more Patty McGowan's in my, in my tummy before we uh, started recording here. But that's actually the cheese pizza are, are are you in a spot where we can talk about this cheese pizza I, i'm gonna give my quick take because i didn't have much of it but what i had was really tasty tj you gave me a little slice of this cheese pizza and it came with a a side of sauce or did you order a side of sauce with this i ordered uh in-house the cheese pizza itself and only the cheese pizza well not only i ordered it with yeah, other well, items but yeah. without without the side of sauce okay because i was looking for a pizza i went oh cheese and didn't read the description discovering later it is meant to come with red sauce uh-huh. and it has a five cheese blend ah. uh, without reading mm-hmm. that I could have told you it had a multi, probably five or four cheese. What did I tell you when you heated it up for me? Because the second you smelled it, you said blend of cheese. More than mozzarella. Yeah, not just mozzarella. It's got a lot of good flavor to it. However, the red sauce, I didn't know whether or not it should be on there. And I did not detect any, either fresh or in the reheated form. Uh So while I was there, I requested a little bit of extra sauce. Uh Now, you will get into it on your summary. Um, Interestingly enough, what I got in-house is a very thin kind of cracker-like crust. Agreed. And while I am partial to thin crust, I usually do not like the cracker style. Oh, because it, yeah, it's real thin and crisp. It's very yeah, thin. Very, and very, very thin very and crisp. very crisp. Yes. I really dig this one. Uh, it's not as, as flavorful as, say, like your, your La Casa East crust is a very thin crust with a little bit of crisp to it that has, I assume, a fair amount of fat in it to make it more flavorful. Uh, and flaky. Yeah, these are less so. Again, more of a cracker-like thing. Mm-hmm. The flavor is is minimal. It's it's just kind of a holder, but the texture is really good, and it goes well for, for this type of pizza. I like the five-cheese blend. There was 
a lot of it on there. There was a lot. Proportionally, there was yes. a ton. I'm going to say their margins are thinner than their crust on this pizza. <laughs> they they spared no expense on that cheese. And it was a, a decent cheese. You know, it, it had a little bit of pull to it. It's a decent uh, uh, protein content, tasty, tasty blend of cheeses. And the amount of, uh, let us simply say goodness, that yeah. uh, gave itself up from the cheese into the crust. Yes. Substituted for me just fine for sauce uh-huh. in the restaurant. Like, I didn't miss the red sauce. Uh-huh. I just wondered if it should be there uh-huh. and if it was there, what it would be like. If I were to order this again, not knowing whether or not there would be some red sauce on it, uh-huh. I might even request it without the red sauce. Oh, it worked just fine as was. I did order the additional red sauce. It came to me cold because my waiter wanted me to have red sauce as quickly as possible. That's sure. what I asked for. Uh-huh. I will say very, very garlic heavy, as you yourself observed. It's, yes, it's got it's got a front-loaded tomato and then it whacks you on the back with like insane garlic. And even though I had a little bite because we're recording on a non-fatter day day, so Dave is not eating as much on this particular day, it was really satisfying and delicious. I, I would definitely give this a, a go if I was at Patty McGowan's um, or was in, you know, really, if I was in the mood for that cracker thin crust, this is a Good option from my very initial single tiny piece analysis. Yeah, I I believe more research is required, but shockingly good pizza from an Irish pub. (laughs) Also, big old 16-inch pizza. It's the only size they sell it in. Uh, The cheese was 12 bucks. Most of the the toppinged pizzas, be they one topping or specialty, most of those are about 16. Okay. So price per, per size of pizza is a... Really good ratio. Nice. Uh, I was surprised because three point one four, give or take. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Anyway, uh, briefly touching on the fish and chips because it's a pub, and I love me some fish and chips. You do. Um, generally. I will eat fish and chips, and it is okay. Most places, it is okay. Some are very good. Uh, Wilson and Washburn and Dire Lion come to Ooh. mind specifically. I, I have a fondness for some, but I like this dish. Overall, this one's a pretty standard one. Well fried, not quite expertly. Had a hint of that, you know, it would it would saturate the newspaper a little bit as fish and chips is actually supposed to do. Sure. Slightly thicker, but still fairly on the thin side. The batter was a touch sweet. And I oh, honestly maybe a beer felt, batter? Uh no, I don't oh, okay. I don't think so. Just it, check it. it could be, but I did not detect the other notes of beers just there. A, just a little sweet. Just a little on the sweet side. Okay. Um I would go as far as to say oversalted. Really? Uh, however, the fish inside was perfect. Ah, okay. And it came with their scratch-made tartar sauce, Ooh. which is pretty darn good. Nice. I, I also love me a good tartar sauce on so very many things. It's why I have to count calories on the weekdays. <laughs> and this is a, a pretty darn good one. More so of that simultaneously both heavy feeling because it's a very rich thing mm-hmm. and light uh, again almost a almost a whip uh, it, it felt good and light going on to that fish and again the fish itself great i have some mild gripes about the batter but i would still say you can pretty safely order the fish and chips and probably come away a a happy camper unless your if your minimum is dire lion this probably is not for you but if you are a, a connoisseur of many types of fish and chips, I think you'll be just fine with this fish and chips. Awesome. The, the tartar sauce is the point to write home about there. Got uh, you. More than anything. 
I also had the Reuben Burger, uh, as opposed to just the Reuben, which I need to try just the Reuben. Can can I hop in, though, real quick with uh, my brunch item? No, Dave. This is the TJ's Patty McGowan show. Oh, well, it is kind of, because you certainly ordered the uh, more chapters oh, off of that menu. Briefly. What? Uh the chips with the fish and chips. Oh, yeah. yeah. The other part of the fish and chips? Yeah. The Irish nachos that we had, those sort of, uh, they're not really crinkle cut. They're, they're Cottage like, fries. Is, is that the exact term for I that believe exact shape? I so. It's more of a chip. Yeah. If ruffles were uh, were very thick and had a nice potato-y inside, uh, that's yeah. basically the, the shape that you'd get there. Like a cut. waffle fry without holes and flat. Yeah. Uh, a crinkle cut coin of uh, of goodness. Uh, we did have those in the Irish nachos. They were a little bit more gently cooked in the Irish nachos. They were lightly cooked. However, here they were they were darker and more crisp on the outside. Ah, so you did get a coin-shaped uh, potato with your fish. Correct. A, a more chip-style chip than the than English a French chip-style uh-huh. chip. Uh, but these, again, still with the fluffy potato inside, but a far more crisp, dark outside. Uh, the Irish nachos, we will discuss the actual flavorants on top later, whereas these were given a liberal dose of uh, some black pepper. Oh. And some, like, a either... Might have been a Lowry's. I think it was just kind of a light celery salt. Ah, and they were oh. pretty good on huh. their own. Now, now can I have breakfast? Yeah, I guess. Okay. So when we went in, they did have the both the lunch and brunch menu happening. So we actually received two different menus at the table. But I did get the chicken and waffles. And our wait staff was super awesome. In fact, we had more than one wait person come to the table and, and help us out. But uh, I did ask about the, you know, because we're kind of curious about the whole scratch-made thing and homemade and house-made, you know, because sometimes it's it's kind of nice to have something that's that way. So for the chicken and waffles, the chicken tenders are not made in-house. They, they are pre-made and cooked there. However, I will say that they were cooked perfectly. The fry on them, not greasy. The outside breading is actually a little bit thinner, so you get a nice uh, chicken to outside ratio. Chicken was fine. They were cooked very well. And then the waffle, however, is made in-house. This is a, a slightly thinner waffle. It's not like a big, thick Belgian waffle. And uh, I, I did ask for a little bit more syrup. Uh, they trotted me out a bottle of syrup that uh, is from my childhood that uh, looks like a person. Um, and I am just honestly fine with that because I, I kind of have a heart for, for that syrup because of my childhood. Rhymes with Wiss's muttered birth. <laughs> oh, my. And the the one option that, uh, and, and I, I would probably have to ask for a little bit more of this, and, and this was the, again, we, we didn't have to make any puns. It's all on the menu here. But you can get your chicken tenders served McNashville style. Uh, so with a little hotter and spicier execution on there. And uh, I, I might ask for a little bit more a little bit more McNashville if I were to order this again. If you're in the mood for a waffle at Patty McGowan's, cool, and it has some chicken on it, an, an interesting option. However, uh, we keep talking about these Irish nachos. We're going to have to get there, and, and oh, man, that's that's a little bit more of a, a something-something. But you had a burger you wanted to talk about, so so please enlighten me about the burger. I did, and Dave, as uh, as two hosts who have been doing this for a few years now, yes, uh, and and brothers who have been brothers for a lot longer than that, it's true. Uh, we have 
excellent, I believe, hosting and conversational chemistry. I think so. We we tend to uh, have a, a synergistic rapport between mm-hmm. us. So now that you've asked me to talk about the burger, let's talk about the Irish nachos. Let's do it because I think we've almost reviewed them without reviewing them. How were they? Pretty much, yeah. Uh, so sour cream. Yes. Uh, corned beef. Yes. Potatoes. Yes. Uh, there may have cheese been cheese sauce. Oh, cheese sauce. Oh, yeah. I, I kind of had forgotten about the cheese sauce, and now uh-huh. that you're saying it, I remember it. Yeah. Um, I don't think a star player, but it was darn good, mm-hmm. um, and kind of tied everything together. Yeah. I was glad it was there. Uh huh. The corned I, beef I, is really I was good. Gonna say, I was going to say that I could have done without it. I don't think I could have. It's just the right amount of. Whatever it is to kind of marry the ingredients together. But what I remember is that cooling sour cream on top and that tasty, tasty house-made corned beef. Yes. And again, I would have, the balance was good. I would have liked more only because I would have liked an entire slab of corned beef to shovel into my face. Mm, yeah. So I, I don't think it's fair to say I would have liked a little more. I think they strike a pretty darn good balance. I like those crinkle-cut, coin-like cottage fry yeah. uh, potato things. They're very nice, and apparently lightly cooked or uh, fried fairly hard. They work in in the entire spectrum Ooh. of potato fryiness. I suspect they would even do well boxed. Like if they started to get a little soggy, they'd probably still be good. Um, I would like to touch briefly on yes. two burgers. I had to think about that because okay. I had one of these items as a chicken sandwich, which is to say, oh. uh, most I. I think there's a few differences between the two, okay. but the pub burgers and the chicken sandwich section have a lot of overlap. One of those items being the Donnybrook, which is a hot uh, burger or uh, chicken sandwich type contrivance. The Donnybrook, jalapenos piled on top of a grilled or deep fried chicken sandwich, sub burger in the burger menu, uh-huh. and applewood smoked bacon topped with ghost pepper cheese <gasps> and served on a Rotella's bun topped with our homemade ranch. Mm. The ranch, I think I may need to try that on its own because, okay. again, homemade, and I do love me a good scratch-made ranch. However, it was a, a feature, not a star okay. in this burger, uh, in this burger, in this chicken sandwich. Got you. Uh, but I, I did like, for, for those of you who... Like a little heat, but not a ton. Uh-huh. This would be good if you're looking for something to just blow out your palate completely. It's not that level of hot. Gotcha. It, it's just a decent jalapeno type, in this case, chicken sandwich. Uh, chicken, what'd you say? Chicken filet? Chicken breast? Whatever it is. The chicken thingy. <laughs> in this case, the deep fried version, I have not had the grilled, was Patty McGowan's is pretty darn good at frying things. It was fried correctly. Uh, neither too far in one direction or the other. Moist on the inside, crisp on the outside. I order a chicken sandwich fried. This is pretty much what I'm looking for. Uh, again, jalapenos and bacon and all that stuff. What you're reading on the menu, what you want while you're reading these words, is what you're going to get. Nice. A uh, good example of itself, as we say. Uh, as for the burgers, the Reuben burger is probably the one I would like to expound on. No, no pound puns completely intended, uh, as I believe a third pounder. Oh my! Uh, uh, yeah, they're they're six ounce size. six ounce patties is what we got there. Yeah, about the same size as I think Stella's is a six and a half ounce. So that's, yeah, yeah, that's a good burger. Uh, and here again, uh, just because I want to say puck handling, uh, <laughs> uh, it it is a good example of 
Puck Handling Plus. Whereas when talking about Flight Deck, uh, we're, we're talking about something that is, is very much a very tightly padded burger and still cooked properly, uh, worked with well, hence the term puck handling. It is a, a tightly padded, very standardized meat device. Here again, this is, I, I have confirmed there is a burger press of sorts used, granted, operated by hand. It's not a, a soulless factory machine. They are taking fresh Omaha Steaks ground beef and turning it into a patty using a standardized device. However, well, it is still a more tight patty than I myself favor, it is less tight than most devices of this, of, of like type. It, it is a little bit looser and a little bit more juicy and tasty than most burgers that are like this would be. They, they do a good job for what it is. And both here on Flight Deck, don't you go a changing. I just wanted a term for this type of burger, right. this, this very tightly padded, standard size, nice little round, uh, uh, short cylinder of meat. If people missed the flight deck explanation, TJ is just, he, he would like to use the term puck handling. This uh, neither Patty at flight deck nor at Patty McGowan's was a hockey puck, a, a uh, overcooked, dense thing. No, no, he just wanted to really use puck handling to describe the handling of the patty. Well, and I won't get to be able to describe it, or at least it's very unlikely I'll be able to use the term on anything because we don't waste your time with a bad restaurant. Right. So if anybody's slinging out actual hockey puck textured burgers, we're not going to talk gonna, about it. Yeah, we're going to leave that one alone. <laughs> That's right. These these are tasty and, uh, and juicy and moist as they ought to be. Excellent. Uh, but they are a, again, a, a very standardized way of pattying a burger. Straightforward patty. Right. I don't favor it, but this is a good example of it and certainly better than most. And then you add a whole bunch of toppings. On the Reuben burger, as you would expect, you have your Swiss cheese and your Thousand Island and your sauerkraut and your corned beef. The corned beef, once again, just in case we're doing this out of order, is less salty than most it is it is a not too salty as dave describes it salt mm -hmm. level it is a really good blend of spices yes. it is flavorful it is tender it is moist and the slice thickness not too thin but pretty darn thin it's just perfect for a reuben type device i really love this corned beef had the right amount of sauerkraut which i am very picky about my reuben type things i i have two gripes here one I ordered a Reuben burger, and I got a Reuben burger. I like burgers. I like Reubens, but I find both of them distract from the other in a Reuben burger configuration. So I should have ordered them separate because I had burgers, and I had Reuben things, and both of them are good on their own. In this case, I was eating a Reuben, and I was kind of distracted by the patty. Oh, so you'd prefer them as you would like a Reuben or a burger. Yes, my, my Dublin burger was a lovely example of a burger. Uh, in this case, my so my, my complaint is the, the, double, the double dish served as one dish, which I knew I was doing this to myself. I just wanted to get two things without ordering two things. Gotcha. So all of the negatives in this section here are TJ's fault. Not Patty McGowan's fault. Understood. The actual complaint, and this is a preference, not preparation complaint, is they use a, a meltier, creamier style Swiss. I like mine, that high protein content. I want it a little toothsome. I want some cheese pull 
on my Swiss in a Reuben. Oh, and okay. this was decidedly a creamier style. It's built in. Which it works so darn well in the egg rolls. I, I want to complain about it overall, but I can't. I just don't like it as well here as I like it in the egg rolls. Your it's preference. My, it's my one negative, but the balance was pretty darn good regardless. I'm I'm modestly excited to try an actual Reuben. Uh, touching briefly on the Dublin burger is where we have to stop. What an abrupt ending to a Saturday Omaha episode, but we are indeed out of time. Thank you for listening to our episode on Flight Deck and Patty McGowan's. If you missed anything, uh, check out the podcast. And well, thanks for being with us. And until we eat again, stay hungry. Our show is recorded and produced by Saturday Omaha. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, as well as email FatterdayOmaha at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and stay hungry. Saturday Omaha. Eat this. <laughs>